Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. All right, let's go to the Word of the Lord today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new, everybody say new. new. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to preach about when old becomes new. When old becomes new. Amen. Now, I am so thankful for what the Lord has been doing among us so far this year. And the reason I'm saying that is we don't want to ever take Uh, for granted seasons like this that we are experiencing because it is a divine visitation, amen. What am I talking about? For six consecutive consecutive Sundays, people have been baptized, amen. 77 people have been baptized the last six Sundays, amen. Let me see what we got here. Oh yeah, cold plunge Sunday has been continued one more week, amen. Amen. Uh, We're still waiting on the part to come in. If you want to get baptized today, amen, we will take the cold plunge with you. Amen. Uh, Dozens of people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Some in the baptismal tank, many in our altars, some while watching the live stream. Hallelujah. Some at home during their personal times of prayer. One man called me this week. And he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at home at 5 o'clock in the morning. And he said when his wife came downstairs, she knew something was different. She asked him, and this was his reply. He said, revival has come to our house. I like that answer. Come on. Hallelujah. Revival has come to our house. Many have been healed. Many have repented of their sins and turned their lives to Christ. And for this, I just think we ought to give God a praise right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And like I preached about last week, when you come to church, you ought to expect things to happen, right? You ought to expect people to be set free. We ought to expect for addictions to be broken, for depression to be lifted, because God is at work. God has his hard hat on, amen, and he's ready to take care of some business. There's nothing greater than seeing people turn their life over to God, either for the first time We're in a time of personal renewal. But hear me, the journey does not just stop at conversion. Folks, hear me, that's not the end all. That's the beginning. Amen? When you read John chapter 3, you find the first reference to the well-known saying, being born again. And that new birth in Christ is the doorway into a new way of living, into a, a transformed and a changed life. And when an individual becomes born again, we are entering a brand new world, right? Every part of our life is affected. Your body, your mind, your emotions, they are all influenced by that transformation. Salvation becomes, hear me, more than just a single mark this date on my calendar experience. It becomes a new way of life. On Friday, my son-in-law Xavier and I were on an errand 
and we were driving through Cumberland County, and we passed an old church campground in Sprouse's Corner, Virginia. It's a Nazarene campground. Now, I didn't grow up in the Nazarene church, but we used to rent that campground in Sprouse's Corner. And it's a whole lot nicer now than it was back in the 1980s. But I told Xavier, I said, let me take you. Let's just real quick. I want to show you a place that had a significant impact on my life. And I remember going there for the first time as a 15-year-old who was desperate for a move of God in my life. And it was in one of those old church camps. Anybody ever been to an old church camp? Let me tell you how you know if you've been to an old church camp. You had church in the morning. You had church at night. You had choir practice in the afternoon. You say, well, what if you don't want to be in the choir? No, you don't understand. That's not an option. You had choir practice in the afternoon. Amen. But it was in one of those old youth camps after a convicting sermon that I felt God call on my life. It was in one of those camps that I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a teenager. Amen. And I remember God spoke to me very clearly at an altar. And I took Xavier and I showed him the exact spot where God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. And then I took him, I said, and right over here on this old altar, and it's still there, the same altar. They got pads there now. There weren't no pad when I was there. Amen. But I said, right there is where God called me to preach. I remember the sermon. There is an eternity. I remember the preacher. It was Anthony Mangan. I remember the moment and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I remember, and in that moment I was standing there and I thought, this was on Friday, I said, 41 years later, from those pivotal experiences in my life, here I am still standing. And I thought about, amen, I thought about all that has transpired in my life since that skinny 15-year-old boy gave his life and his heart to God. And I realized once again in that moment that God had been with me through it all. And he made me a brand new person as a teenage boy. Now those spiritually significant moments in my life, hear me, they're not just something to remember from my past, amen. Friday was a walk down memory lane, but those experiences became the, the foundation, hear me, from which an old life became a new life, amen. Not just, hear me, a better version of myself, but a completely different version of myself, hallelujah. Come on, there were some things that changed immediately when I became a believer, but let me just be honest with you. The real process of change continues from then all the way until right now, standing on this stage. See, the truth is, transformation never ceases. We are sons and daughters of God, continuing to, continuing to learn and grow in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But hear me, the devil would like to make you think that when you got saved, you just had an emotional moment. Or some of you folks that have got baptized the last five weeks, you just got caught up in the excitement of what was happening. That nothing really different is going on in your life. You're really not any different than you were before. Hear me, that's a lie from the devil. Come on, somebody. When you became a child of God, the old life really does become a new life. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 5. It says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that, look, our old sinful selves were crucified 
with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And we are no longer slaves to sin. I love Paul said the old life died, but the new us has been raised to life just like Jesus was. The old sinful man was crucified and it's lost, sin has lost its power in our lives. The Bible refers to our old life before Christ, that unchanged sinful version of us as the old man in the King James Version, or our old sinful selves, and it calls our new life or our redeemed life the new man. We're told to put off the old man, right? And to put on the new man. If you read Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, we read of some of the deeds of the old man that we're to put off or to get rid of. And this is where the Spirit of God, folks, can step in and help us. Because in our own power, in our own might, that flesh, that, that flesh that we always war with, it's constant. It's a struggle. And we really, we probably lose more times than we win. And the world is full of people right now who are trying to reform their lives to a better lifestyle, but they're trying to do it on their own. Come on. Some are partially successful, right? Some of them are disciplined and, and maybe they're, they're doing pretty good. But none of us, everybody say none of us. None of us can sufficiently reform ourselves without the power of God in operation in our lives. Amen. And hear me. More than a reformation is needed. What am I talking about? A reformation is changing something for the better. Reformation can be described as a new coat on an old man. And see, you don't just become a patched up version of yourself. When you experience Christ, what you need is a transformation. Come on, a transformation is it's a, it's a thorough or a complete change. Transformation isn't just putting a new coat on an old man. It's putting a new man inside of a new coat. Amen. Come on, somebody. Transformation begins inwardly and it's revealed over time in the outward man. But remember, being a new man or a new woman, being transformed, it is the work of a lifetime. Not a one-time fix. Romans 8 and 6 says, So letting your sinful nature, look at this, control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Notice that struggle, right? The control of the sinful nature, but then letting the Spirit control. It said leads to life and peace. Verse 7, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Verse 8, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Old must become new. See, the old man, the old nature, it's always, the Bible said, Paul said, it's always hostile toward God. Our carnal nature refuses to be brought into subjection to the laws of God. That struggle is real, amen? And until the power of our old nature is broken in somebody's life, we're never going to really live as victorious as we can. And it's for this reason we are told, Paul said, to put off the old man with his deeds. Colossians 3, verse 9. Folks, hear me. Notice it said to put off the old man. That means that's a choice. Don't miss this. There is an element of personal responsibility. There is effort on our part. We've got to make the decision to choose to continue to put off the old 
every day. And folks, that's the beauty of a loving God. No matter what you have done, no matter how many times you fail, come on. There is hope in Jesus Christ for freedom and for a new relationship with God. You say, Pastor, well, what if I mess up? You just get up, you repent, and you say, Lord, here I am. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I am still a child of God. Hear me, don't miss that. You're still a child of God. You're still a child of God. Ephesians 2.13 says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. And look, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. I love that verse. Once I was far away, but now I've been brought near. Amen. See, if you're not happy with who you are today, the good news is that you don't have to stay there. Hallelujah. You can come nearer to him. If you're tired of the old man or the old woman that's in you continuing to spring up in your life, you can put that new man of of Christ, that new man, that new life at work and operation in your life. Folks, don't just settle. Hear me. Don't just settle for the moment of conversion. Now, I know it's significant. I'm telling you, it was so significant. I had to take a detour on Friday. I had to show my son-in-law exactly where it happened, where my life was radically changed. But guess what? That's not the defining moment in my life. That, I can't just stay there. I can't just rely on that experience from many, many years ago. Amen. You've got to go back and say, God, continue to transform my life. See, some people think, well, well what if I don't want to give up all of the old? <laughs> well, you may not say that out loud, but you might be thinking that, right? What if I don't want to give up all of the old for something new? Is the trade-off really worth it? Are we, is the trade Yes, you're asking yourself, is the trade-off really worth it? Come on, hear me. Every trade of the old man that is put aside, it's replaced with something far better in the new man. Hallelujah. I want to read you a passage of what real transformation looks like. Ephesians 4, verse 17. It says, with the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles represented all the lost people. Look at it. It says, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Verse 21, since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, what does it say? Throw off your old sinful nature. There it is again, folks. We've got a personal responsibility. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And look at verse 24. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Notice, notice the transformation. Here's what it is. We throw off the old. We let the Spirit, come on, renew our thoughts and our attitudes. There's this process. And then we're able to put on the new. The Gentiles were confused about living in darkness. They lacked 
spiritual sensitivity. The Bible says they wandered from the life that God had planned for them. The scripture said they had no sense of shame. They were constantly in pursuit of lust and impurity. And the apostle Paul told us, don't walk like they walk. Don't live the way they live. Instead, when you put on the new man, your minds are no longer darkened. Your lives are no longer alienated from God. Your hearts are no longer hardened and pure and impure. See, the process of transformation, it's like that. You, you, you put off the old, you allow the spirit to come in and, and speak, and then you put on the new. See, believers have been made new, new in the attitudes of our minds. Believers are, are new people in Christ. And folks, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge every one of us today. It's great to become a believer, right? Amen. Every believer ought to just clap their hands. Amen. Come on, it's great to be baptized. It's great to be spirit-filled. It's great to watch our family and our friends' lives be changed and watch people get saved. It's great to experience all of these things for ourselves. But hear me, don't just let conversion be a moment in your life that does not begin a process of transformation and change that leads to becoming more like Jesus. It's like the story, I've told it so many times, I hesitate to tell it again, but, but I mean, it's so fitting. It's like the little boy that just kept falling out of his bed and his dad would come in and, and pick him back up and put him back in the bed and a few minutes later he'd fall back out and it's happened several times and then finally the dad came in and he said, son, why do you keep falling out of the bed? And he said, well, I guess I'm just staying too close to where I got in at. And did you know that's what happens to a lot of Christians? You keep falling, you keep falling, you keep falling, you keep messing up. And the problem is not Jesus. The problem really is not even, you're just staying too close to where you got in at. Come on, you're staying too close to that moment that you made the decision. No, you've got to allow God to transform your life. You've got to allow him to push you toward bigger and better and greater things. Standing in that old Nazarene campground, uh, that, that, that auditorium, and standing right in front of that altar, I thought, man, there's a lot of water under the bridge the last 42 years. There's a lot of wins. There's a lot of losses. There's a lot of victories. There's a lot of defeats. There's a lot of high water moments. That's a lot of low. But you know what? He's been with me through it all. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. See, don't let conversion just be that moment. We talk a lot about whatever your next step is to take it. Folks, that includes every believer in this room too. Come on, that's not just for lost people, amen. Whatever your next step is, take That's for believers too. Whatever your next step is, take it. Don't let the old stay in your life. Become new. It's not a walk. I mean, it's a walk, not a stance, right? It's a journey, not just a pin that you drop on your GPS map. Here's where I started. Here's where I'm going to be. Amen. Become new. Put off that old man. Put off that old nature. Put on the new. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 reminds us of some of the unrighteous deeds of the old man. Look at the scripture. It says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people, none of these, everybody say none. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. 
Praise God. See, it's not popular to tell people that being a believer means I've got to start living differently at some point. Come on. You're not going to hear this everywhere you go, folks. Come on. I'm just going to tell you right now. There is a process where as a believer, I've got to start working on killing some of these old deeds in my life. See, it's with great blessing also comes the great privilege of allowing the light of Christ to shine in your life. All those things, and, and I just read you two verses, read 1 Corinthians 6. All those things, you and I, we may struggle with those things from time to time, right? Amen. I'm promising you, if you've been a believer long enough, there have been times you've been greedy. There have been times you may have been verbally abusive to somebody. There's times, you, all these things in your life, right? But we've got to constantly put down the old and pick up the new. Don't settle for conversion when you can have transformation. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't settle for just being saved when you can live a victorious life. Come on, don't settle for just squeaking by your entire life when if you will crucify your flesh, you can learn what it means to live in a, an abundant, victorious life. Hallelujah. Romans 13, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 11 makes this proclamation, 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. says, and such were some of you. Such words, what? Sexual sin, worshiping idols, committing adultery, male prostitutes, so much sexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheap. And it says, such were some of you. But, everybody say, but. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And by the Spirit of our God. You were one thing, but now you are something else. And when you're transformed, when you put on the new man and take off the old, change begins to happen. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. Everybody say no provision. No provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. That means don't crack the door open. Don't tell yourself, well, just a little bit won't hurt me. Don't tell yourself, well, I think I'm strong enough to handle this now. Make no provision. Everybody say no provision. And you know what you got to say no to in your life. See, the characteristics of a transformed life bring glory to the name of Jesus. They bind us to the very heart of God. Being transformed, it is not drudgery. It's a blessing. Come on. It's not a burden. It's a life-enhancing experience. I am glad that the Holy Ghost began the process in me. And I'm glad that the Holy Ghost is continuing the process in my life. And part of being transformed is allowing God to lead us into a life of separation from the world. Amen? God established the principle of separation all the way back in the beginning of his creation in Genesis chapter 1. In verse 4, he divided the light from the darkness. Verse 7, he divided the waters above from the waters beneath. Verse 9, he divided the dry land from the seas. Verse 14, he divided the day from the night. Hear me. God has always advocated separation and distinction of unlike things. Amen. And once you become a child of God, hear me, you're no longer a child of the world. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Notice that. Did you notice that sequence? It says, because of God's mercies, or in view of God's mercies, or because of what God's done in your life, offer yourself. 
Not reluctantly. Don't, he's not going to take it from you, but offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But here's the word again. But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Old becomes new. When we stop conforming to the patterns of this world. Folks, don't let the world determine what we are or what we should be. Come on, somebody. Don't let the world tell you how to raise your kids. Come on, don't let the world tell you how you're supposed to act on the job. Come on, let's be the light of Jesus in this generation, amen? Rather than being conformed, we are to be transformed. By the renewing of our minds. Here's what Peter said in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Everybody say he called me out. And then he brought me into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. See, God's call has not only come out of the world, but it's also come into my light. He calls us to turn loose of the cares of this world. Embrace his purpose. See, God's people are distinctive. We're different. We're special. We're transformed. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen? See, but a new life is not one in which there's no problems, no difficulties. I'm not, pro- I'm not promising you a road with no bumps and bruises. I'm not telling you there's not going to be any hiccups, any problems along the way. But true victorious living is a daily journey into spiritual maturity that enables you to learn to overcome problems and trials and also to learn to live a life of grace yeah. along the way. See, this comes by continually giving Jesus Christ the right of way in my life. Amen. And at no level of spiritual maturity, hear me, while you are still breathing, are you going to be immune from temptation or weakness? Amen. It's not going to happen. Amen. You're always going to struggle with things. And the enemy of our soul, he's always trying to snare us and enslave us to his will or his purpose. And sometimes you may fall or you may transgress the laws of God. But even after that, we have transformation. Here's the hope, 1 John 1 and 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses what? All sin. Who? Folks who are walking in the light. Come on. It cleanses us from all sin. Amen. The word cleansing there, it's referring to a continual active process. Not just a one-time occurrence. A continual cleansing. Amen. It's kind of like when, when you have a child and you, they take a bath and they think, well, I already took a bath this week. <laughs> no, Johnny, you got to take another bath. Amen. Well, I already brushed my teeth uh, yesterday. No, no, no. you got to brush your teeth again. There's continuity to cleanliness. There's continuity to purity. Amen? And how many of you know some days you come in, you're just a little muddier, a little dirtier than other days? But when we repent, the blood of Jesus, Hallelujah. hallelujah, it just flows over us once again. And it purifies our hearts and our minds. This cleansing process is perpetual. Paul offered a great example to follow in Philippians 3.13. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. 
But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Everybody say old. old. He said, I'm forgetting all the old stuff. And I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Everybody say new. Forgetting the old, and I'm reaching for the new. I want the praise team and the band to come on up. There's two natures that are in battle within us. And although our new birth gives us a new nature of righteousness, hear me, as long as we're in the flesh, come on, you're going to have a continual struggle between the old man and the new man. Every honest Christian will tell you that. There's always going to be that struggle. And in Romans 7, 18, here's what the Apostle Paul said. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. The guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament said, hey, there's still a bunch of stuff in me that's not right. Paul recognized we got to maintain this constant, vigilant battle. And the greatest blessing of the transformed life, hear me, it's the privilege of being a son or a daughter, a child of God. Come on, there's nothing greater that can be said of a man or a woman than they're a child of God. What a blessing, what an advantage. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Hallelujah. We're identified with the great family of God. And this entitles us, what? To a great inheritance. Not a fading, not a corruptible one, but an inheritance that is eternal. This new transformed life, folks, it's a life of power. And Jesus promised us that we would receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Every transformed Christian is endowed, endowed with spiritual power, right? But I just feel in this moment right now, I want to open up this altar because some of you have been feeling like, you know what? Some of you have even been doubting your experience with God because guess what the old man's been so alive and so angry and so loud and so contentious but you know what you got to do you got to put him down how do you put the old man down you repent and 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 then you start on a new path and you do good, and then when you fall, you start up again. How do you put the old man down? You worship. You praise God. You invite him, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to invade every dark corner of my heart. I want you, God, to go right into those places in my mind that I've kind of shut the doors. I'm unlocking the door, God. I'm just asking you to renew my mind so you can transform me. Lord, how do, you, how do you put the old man down? You remember, what I did back then is not going to be enough to keep me going right now. I've got to pray. I've got to talk to God. I've got to keep this relationship alive. I've got to continually crucify the old and embrace the new. Sometimes you've got to be willing to make changes in your life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not changing, you're dying. And Lord, whatever it is, create in me a clean heart Renew a right spirit within me, Lord. Help me, Lord. So today, here's what I want to do. And this is kind of ending a little different than I thought it would, but that's all right. I think we ought to step out from where we are. First of all, if you've never made that decision yet to repent of your sins and invite the Lord into your life, that's the first step. 
It's not just repeating a magic prayer. That doesn't do it. It's when repentance happens in your heart and you legitimately ask the Lord into your life. It doesn't matter what the words are. It matters what your heart does. When you let Jesus in, that's the beginning. So I encourage you to make that step if you haven't done it. But for everybody else in this room that's a believer, you know what I think would be beautiful? If we just step down and say, you know what, Lord? I'm embracing the new. I'm embracing transformation. God, I want to take that next step, whatever it is, God, because I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. I'm going to open up this altar right now. I'd like to invite you to step out from where you are and join me as we pray. Join me as we begin to ask. Come on down to the front. Just come all the way to the front so people can come in behind you. Lord, I want to embrace the new life. I know I'm saved. I I know I'm bought with your blood, but God, I want to live victorious. I'm tired of the old man having more authority than the new man. I'm tired of the old man exerting his influence more than he should. Come on, let's begin to lift our hands right now. Come on, let's begin to cry out to God. God, I want to reject the old and I want to put on the new. I trust in God. Come on. My Savior, the one. Come on, hallelujah. Lord, I'm embracing the new. I'm embracing the new. I'm embracing the new. Whatever step you're asking me to take, God, I'm taking it. Whatever you're asking me to lay down, I'm laying it down, Lord. Mercy. I lay out forgiveness in this office.
you've done already in this service today, God. I walk out of here today, God, with confidence. Not in an identity crisis. I know who I am. I am a child of God. He that the Son has set free is free. Indeed. And Lord, I just ask you to help me. Give me the discipline and the courage and the strength and the willpower to cast off the old when I need to, to crucify my flesh when I need to, to walk away from temptation and darkness when I need to, and have the courage to walk in the light and to be the light and to be a separated people, holy and pure, your chosen generation. I thank you for that today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody clap your hands one more time. Yes. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.